This is the Funky Gamer Podcast. Hello, hello, hello there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Funky Gamer Podcast, a gaming podcast from a bunch of wannabe somebody yet still nobody British dudes who think they know stuff. I'm your host, Monsieur Ricky James, non-French person extraordinaire, and this is episode 21. In this week's show, we'll be chatting about Bioware blunders and some potentially shady tactics by players and game companies alike. Sound mysterious? Stick around as we delve into all that and more. To offer their incredible insight and the like with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. Chris Wright. How goes to thee in thy corner at presenter? Yeah, I'm grand, thank you. You're welcome. Thought you just clocked that there. And of course, Super Smashing Great, returning back from his educative endeavours, we are plus a Geordie one this week as the man returns, Mr. David Moore. Harit Pet. Harry boys. It's a crack. Welcome back. Hope you're good. I'm following all your university stuff. I am now a free man. It's some serious <laughs> gaming time on the cards, boys. Yes. Which means you're going to have a lot to talk about over the next uh, however many weeks or months you're off. Quite a few. Yes, quite a lot. <laughs> good for us because we get to hear more from you, which I'm, I speak on behalf of myself and the listeners when I say I think that's a good thing. Can can we just lead in this week before we before we do the what are you playing bit? As the, can we just mention last week's listening figures? Oh yeah, so that was a bit nuts. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put this out. I'm not, I wasn't going to publicise it, if I'm honest with you, but now you've mentioned it, it's like, okay, fair enough. We absolutely got a massive bolst in listening figures for last week. Do we think it was because of my title? I th- I'm putting it down to that at this point. Skyriming is not an adjective. I loved that from the moment you sent it over, I'll be honest. It, <laughs> Me too. It probably does constitute to a lot of the success we seemingly had last week. But nonetheless, thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened. Massively appreciate it. That's awesome stuff. I'm sure Urban Dictionary also appreciated the hits. Oh, you sent me that. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, I sent it to Dave. Incredible. I, st- I still haven't tried it out yet, so I can't let you know if it's effective or not. Uh, ironically, that was your statement to me, Dave, wasn't it? When I sent it, you said, like, oh, I might try that on the missus tonight. Like, uh, no, it didn't sound like that, but hey. It said it was a text message, but hey, if that's how it sounded in your head, we'll go with that, mate. We all know I can't do a Geordie accent. <laughs> I can just try to do a Geordie accent. That is about it. Yeah, mate. Anyway, as always, ladies, thanks for joining me. It's a pretty big one this week, which is what she said. So let's uh, crack on, which is what she also said as well, like straight after us. Oh, dear God, please no. Oh, God. Let's, let's hop over to What Are You Playing? What Are You Playing? Okay, Dave, as you weren't here with us last week, albeit due to university commitments, what have you been playing in the last couple of weeks outside of, you know, completing assignments and stuff? Well, I have completed two games. Ooh, do enlighten us. What Became of Edith Finch? Is that my recommendation? It was. Nice. And finally... Completed Graveyard Keeper. Hey! Oh, can, I'm, I'm going to do a little clap. Congratulations. Yeah. Give yourself well a little done. clap. So no more Graveyard Keeper for you, if I can say it right? No, that's it, mate. It's all done now. Congratulations. You, I bet you're kind of relieved that you never have to look at that or pick up that game again. I'm a bit good at it, actually. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, that's a really good takeaway, I suppose. I'm, I'll tell you what, because I don't think we mentioned it the last time you were on, because you hadn't played Edith, Edith Finch at that point. What did you think of that game? I thought the story was really depressing <laughs> to a degree, but... Yeah, I totally get it. You said this to me, and it wasn't the, I'll be honest, it wasn't the reaction <laughs> I was expecting from you, but I understood it when you said it. But the overall game itself and the actual way it plays out is very interesting because each member of the family has their own story and it's a completely different style of gameplay for each person in the family. And there was some real nice elements in there. It's, it's unique, isn't it, in that regard? It is very unique, very good game, to be fair. 
So I'll plug it again. If you've got Game Pass, go and play What Remains of Edith Finch. You're not paying any money for it, and whether you find it depressing or enlightening... Yeah, it'll only take a few hours for you. Yeah, I think it was about four hours, five hours to finish it completely. I had the same, around about the same playtime. So I definitely recommend people check that out if they haven't and you have Game Pass, as we have done pretty much every time we've mentioned this game, for good reason as well. Anything else, Dave? Um, I started playing Yakuza, the, the one that was free on PlayStation a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yakuza Kiwami. That's the one. That's oh, the look one. at you with your pronunciation. You're welcome. And it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. I was expecting it to be like a weird Japanese game. It's actually quite good. What? What? Can you give me a brief rundown of what the gameplay involves, that kind of thing? I've never really played a Yakuza game. Go around beating the shit oh, it's weird. out of people. Sounds like Devil May Cry, maybe. Kind of in a, I would say it's like a watch, uh, not Watch Dogs, what's that other one? Sleeping Dogs type of style, like oh. Japanese streets type of stuff. And yeah, they're obviously a, y- a Yakuza guy. And- Very cool. Might check that. Is it still is it still free or have I missed the boat there? I'm not sure, dude. You've missed the boat. Okay. I think you might have done, yeah, yeah. Never. Although, mind you, Dave, we game share, so if you grabbed it, then... Yeah, yeah, good point. I'm, I'm pretty sure that should be, I should be good. We'll check that out. Thanks for that. Anyway, what about you, Chris? You've been playing anything new or interesting? Anything new or interesting? Uh, I've been playing The Division, which is not new or interesting. I, I played Marvel vs. Capcom this week. Oh, yes. How do you find that? We plugged this one or two weeks ago. can never remember. I find it very button mashy. It's a fighting game. Yeah, it's a fighting game. It's pretty, I wasn't expecting anything more, but the story's, the story's pretty cool. They're sort of mashed together the Marvel and Capcom universes and just giving you a story to play through where you are up against Ultron in his many forms by the looks of it. I think I've actually watched somebody play this. A buddy of mine was very big on his fighting games, and I swear to God, I didn't play it myself, but I watched him play through it, and it sounds very similar to the story they had there. I've, I've got to say as well, if you're going to say that a game is a fighting game is button mashy, that just means that you can't play it properly. That, yeah, you might be right there. But I was winning a lot, so I'm I, I'm not doing that wrong, surely. Sure. And that, just to be clear as well, I'm not saying that everybody who button mashes can't play properly. It's a viable tactic. It works. It's not. Not against someone who knows what they're doing. who will destroy you, boys. This is what I mean. I want to <laughs> say, that, you know, you can sit on both sides of the fence. The game's probably designed to accommodate both audiences, but definitely if you know what you're doing, but beating somebody that knows what they're doing is a hard, hard thing to do. Yeah, I did look through the control options and I'm like, how are you meant to push that many buttons? Surely it's not possible. Are we, well, you're not classically trained, not Street Fighter trained. Is that what you're telling us? No, I'm not, unfortunately. Oh, dude. You two need to have a conversation behind closed doors, don't you? <laughs> no. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having Dave talking at me about fighting games. It's just not happening. Anyway, uh, anything else, Chris, other than Division and obviously a little fighting game there? Uh, that's been pretty much it this week. It's been a really quiet week for me, gaming-wise. Nice. Well, at least you've played something. It's better than turning up saying, who haven't played anything, which is I've never done, by the way. I've never done that. Sure. What have you been playing this week, Ricky? Oh, my God. Are you ready? Can you remember a couple of weeks ago I said I was going to hit you with a mega list and then didn't? Yes. I now have a mega list. Okay. And I mean a mega list. I've played four things. Four things? Wow. Okay. Quite reasonably this week as well. So I'm going to read them out in order here, based on what I believe to be correct order. <laughs> I don't know what that means. First up, The Walking Dead Michonne. We mentioned this because it was added to Game Pass recently, I do believe. Yep. It's, it is the only Telltale Walking Dead franchise game that I haven't played. Uh, that's actually a slight lie. The, last, the newest season, the last season, for me that doesn't count, just because I will play that soon. 
But anyway, it's a really good storyline. Follows a character that I believe was originally in the show or the comics. Still is in the show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she still is. There you go. So uh, you both watch it, seemingly. I don't watch the TV show, but I do play the games. <sighs> I'm about ready to give up on it, me, like. I gave up when they killed Carl. Well, let, let's not... T- oh, okay, that has a completely different meaning for me in my head, but let's, let's not go down this rabbit hole of talking about why we gave up on the Walking Dead TV show. Okay. I have never watched it. I know a lot of people that basically are saying this, a similar thing to you guys, which is it's going down a really strange route. I'm getting bored. Anyway, I've been playing this all week. I've played two of the three episodes that you get as part of the entire series for this particular season. And it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's exactly like every other Walking Dead game you've ever played. It's got a completely unique story, some unique characters, but the game style is like every other Telltale game. Really like it, though. Next up, Borderlands Game of the Year Edition. I bought it. Okay. So this is this is the remastered 4K thing that's just come out. Was it a bit broken? No. No. It's just trying to squeeze a bit more money out that sponge like. No, uh, yes. But yeah, I paid £21 for it, which I think is a reasonable amount for an upgrade. So I, and besides, I wanted to, because I've got the handsome collection and I've got the free 4K update that dropped at the beginning of the week, I'm sat there thinking, should I play Borderlands 2? I should probably go and actually complete Borderlands 1 because I've never done it. I've only played about the first five levels or so, so about two hours. I'm playing as the soldier called Roland. I am actually enjoying it. I, it must be said as well, I did own the 360 version, never really got into it. But this time I want to give it a good stab because the remastered version does look nice and it's not bad considering it's actually like hard to improve on like a cel-shaded art style, <laughs> to be honest. There's 60 FPS, which is cool, but it's a, it's a good little remake. And for 20 quid, I don't think that's a bad asking price, really. Hype for Borderlands 3 anyway. Hype. Mechanical, unmechanical extended. Third on my list. I played a little bit more of this. Now, this was namely to even out my achievement score. Yeah. Which I'm sure was really annoying you. Yes. It, I can't actually tell you, Chris. That's the only reason I actually went back to play this. If you tuned into last week's show, you'll know what we're talking about. If not, then go listen to that app after this episode, of course, for context, please. <laughs> I managed to do this. but I, In other words, I managed to round up my gamer score. But I bottlenecked myself because I'm actually starting to quite enjoy the story. Uh, that surrounds the game, and now I don't want to play more because it'll screw up my gamer score. So, swings and roundabouts. You'll have to go on and complete it, then, won't you? Uh, we'll see. It'll require commitment that I'm not sure I've got long term. The thing is, though, if you complete it, will that not put you back in the same place you were <laughs> with your uneven gamer score? Theoretically, yeah, actually, you might be right because it's a thousand <laughs> from what I was on, which was like a really horrible number anyway. So, that's why I'm kind of thinking I'll just avoid it. Ugh. Anyway, I've got one more game to mention and then we can move on. So the final game that I've been playing, good reason that I've left it for the last on the list this week, another Game Pass title that's called The Gardens Between. Have either of you two seen this? It's not well known as far as I can tell. No. Nope. Okay, so this is definitely more of an indie title. I played through the entire thing, so I did complete it. I would describe it quite simply as a beautiful puzzle game. It uses some really, really interesting time mechanics. So if I can try and summarize this, you basically scrub through each level as if it's you're watching like a video. So you control forward, backward uh, control. And as you scrub through each level, you're uh, watching two friends, in essence, as they relive memories together as they move through each level. Each level has a different theme based on the memory that they're really reliving. Now, I've got to say, without spoiling the conclusion as to why they're reliving memories, it's not quite as glum as it sounds. It's not like death related like Edith Finch was. But it's got a really lovely message, an amazing art style, really nice, unique use of like time control mechanics to allow you to complete levels. 
go check it out. Definitely recommend it. Loved it. So there you go. That's all I've got. That's not bad. You've done well. No, you've done well there. I told you. Cannot top that this week. Most of those, can I just say, in the last 48 hours, I am hardcore, ladies and gents. You heard it here first. So unless you chats have been playing anything else, that's pretty much all I've got to say. Unless you want to comment on anything that I've just mentioned. I'm just stunned you've played four games. Yeah, man. Same as that. It absolutely happened. Can't, uh, well, the, my thoughts reflect exactly how I felt about each of them. Can't really say I've played anything bad. Decent gaming time over the last couple of days, actually. So there you go. Shall we move on to the news and discussion, chaps, and talk about some stuffs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Funky Gamer News and Discussion. Right, you've got the first topic up here, Chris. Go for it, mate. Oh, my God. Yes, I have. Uh, Sony are, well, you're going to have to battle them for a refund now. If you buy anything from their digital store, they are locking down their whole refund policy. This is quite new news. It's it's a bizarre one. It seems like you, you're going to have to jump through about 57 different hoops in order to get any sort of money back from them. And even then, you won't actually get it back. It'll go on your PlayStation credit. Yeah, it goes to your wallet, regardless of how you pay. Yeah. There's part of me that thinks we probably should have expected this given the news within the last couple of weeks that they'd stopped selling codes through third-party stores. So it doesn't really surprise me all that much that they've now introduced a refund policy because, well, pretty much everybody who wants a PlayStation game has to buy it now from Sony officially. Yeah, or you can go out and buy a disc. Who does that now, Chris? There's a few people that still do. Me? I do. Yeah, it's not. Admittedly, physical copy sales are dropping, but digital sales will never be massive. Is it any easier to get a refund from a physical retailer, though? Yes. But bearing in mind that they also have you know, rules and regulations about unsealing the game and things like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, most, most stores, well, most online stores these days you can buy through will accept it, will give you a full refund. It's, it's not easy to go into game and ask for a refund. No, this is game in the UK, that being. I'm sure there are other retailers worldwide that have... Game are an absolute nightmare for it. I, I completely agree. That's one of the reasons that I've moved to digital, just to avoid all that drama, really, more than anything. So basically, yeah, that's the that's the crack with that. You can now process a refund up to 14 days. Don't want to steal your thunder here, Chris, but just some more points here regarding the clauses surrounding the refunds. I know, yeah, the notes you the notes you wrote down gave me a headache reading them. Sorry about that, but I'd rather be thorough. No, no, I know you would. And I, that's why I was looking through these points and I'm like, I'm gone. There's no way I'm going to be able to read all those without my headache. I know what it takes for you to physically process uh, the written word, Chris. It's fine. It, it's a lot of effort. It is. But go on. This is what this is how I go for bullet points with stuff most of the time. What do you think we've got here? These are bullet points, but there's like seven of them. Oh no! Yeah. See, this is why this is why Chris's corner is just headlines. I don't have to read anymore. Christ, you should have seen the essay I've just wrote. That had over a thousand bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> Your yeah. eyes would have been bleeding. Yeah, I would never have got through that. <laughs> right. So, the, as you've written here, all refunds come in the form of credit that's added to your wallet. Uh, there's a slight caveat to receiving a refund. One cannot be requested if you started to download or install or stream the content in question. The only exception to this is content that is regarded faulty after download or install. How do you even prove that? That's very easy. You ask BioWare, Ubisoft. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine that it's at the volition of whoever's offering the refund. I don't know whether they'd have to mark something as faulty or whether it's your own assessment of something being faulty. But basically, the words that I've used there has to be regarded faulty as PlayStation's own words. I haven't invented those. 
you could come at them saying any game's faulty in this day and age due to so many half 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 made games coming out. I wouldn't be surprised if they've left the language like this, like half baked for good reason, because it is not transparent. Yeah, it's open to interpretation, I guess. Exactly, yes. That's the phrase I was looking for. Open to interpretation. Uh, and I've might as well just plug this on the end here. The service is non-automated, so you have to actually, as you say, jump through hoops to get the refund. It's not handled by a back-end system or something. It's a person. Yeah, I don't think this will help in the long run. I really don't. Me neither. But we'll see whether they start to get an influx of complaints. Mm. What do you reckon, Dave? It's one of them, and it's only playing catch up a little bit in regards to this. But like you say, jump through how many hoops to get a refund for something that's not good. Well, we'll leave this very slightly for here now. We've got a little bit more on this later as we kind of revisit uh, refunds and Sony. But we won't plug too much regarding that right now. Why don't we move on to the next point, Dave? You've got that one, mate. I am um, as of May the eighth. Xbox are upping the price of their subscriptions. Nice. Which <laughs> it's one of them, and so the monthly subscription goes up from. £7 from £6, it goes up to £18 from £15 for a three-monthly subscription, and the yearly is going up from £40 to £50. And Microsoft have said it's to address changes in market conditions. Brexit! <clears throat> yeah, which is Brexit. Which is bullshit. Oh, it's where word. It's short-term. I'll put a swear word in there, thank you. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a short-term. For... Next time you tell me you're not doing a recording because you don't swear, I'm going to send you all these back, I'm just saying. That's all right. <laughs> so it's Brexit, basically, from what we can tell, that's caused this entire affair from Microsoft's side. Mm-hmm. Sure it is. It's not that big of an increase, I suppose. Sony bumped their prices up a while ago. I think this is Microsoft playing catch-up was the thing I was going to say next. Yeah. I mean, I, the question I've got here is, is, is this really a big deal? Microsoft obviously aren't the only company to increase prices due to c- the current economic conditions in the UK, but some people do seem to take some umbrage with this. I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? For a monthly sub, a pound's nothing, and, you know, three pounds nothing really for the monthly, uh, three monthly sub, but 10 pound could be a lot of, for some people for the yearly subscription. Yeah, I was thinking this, but then I thought to myself, but if you're paying 40 pound a year anyway, it's you're still flush enough to give out 40 quid a year, so what's an extra tenner? If you were really strapped for cash, then I don't think the yearly sub would be the way for most people, at least. This is true. But I, I mean, I can't speak on, on behalf of most people. It's just my assessment. I mean, th- this could all be in line with them maybe implementing both of systems together, like um, Xbox Live and Game Pass. I wouldn't be surprised if that pops up in the next couple of months, like the two subscriptions together. I have something for that later. okay well we won't delve too far into that that would make sense that would make sense i i I agree with that and i think a large portion of it comes to the the idea that i think we're probably going to start seeing finance consoles in the uk i was going to say and europe but that's a bit shady right now as most people know so we'll we'll see how the rest of europe gets treated but in terms of the uk i really think we're going to start see financing options across the board for consoles probably within the next 12 months if i had to guess and I think that having a one sub fee for live and Game Pass is the way to go with that, really. What do you reckon to this, Chris, other than what you might be able to tell us later? If it kind of bleeds onto that too much, then you can plead ignorance if you like. Can we stop blaming Brexit for stuff? It's not happened yeah, yet. <laughs> and it'll keep dragging on forever. And I don't think I don't think it's down to Brexit at all. Sony increased their prices a while ago and just didn't blame anything and everybody went, all right, that's well, yeah, fair enough. Microsoft have jumped on and done it and now everybody's saying Brexit. No, it's not. Microsoft wanting more money. Yes. Plain and simple. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Brexit's a nice a nice excuse, and it might be that it has a, a very limited factor into the decision making there. But I really don't. I think it is more of an excuse than it is a, a necessity. Greed. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Like, but hey, need before greed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, the the Xbox service is a lot more smoother and a lot better implemented than the the PlayStation service. This is true, definitely. So, I mean, what's a few more quid? Yeah, this I suppose this is right, and I don't know. We haven't really seen price hikes in line with services and stuff, especially on Microsoft's side for a, a long time now. Like, I've been paying the same amount for Xbox Live per year because I pay yearly for probably seven or eight years now, and it hasn't budged. So there's always CD keys, boys. This is very true. You know, there are other means for pe- people to kind of look out if they want to pay a cheaper price, like you just said, Dave. So there you go. Let's move on to the next news story here. We'll see how that all pans out and how the community as a whole reacts to Microsoft's implementation of new price structures. I don't think it'll be that big of a problem, but we'll move on anyway. So we've got some information, albeit very brief information, on a reported new Assassin's Creed game that is in the works to nobody's surprise. Now, this is, I must stress, slated for 2020 release. So we're not going to see this this year. But I do... This this report comes by way of Kotaku. So I have a couple of things that they've highlighted that I think might be of interest to some people. They suggest that a new AC title is in the works. Its code name is Kingdom, and it will be set in the Viking era. Ooh. Now, further credence to this has been given because somebody's found an Easter egg in the Division 2 that depicts a Norse god poster. And in this poster, the god in question is dressed in clothing Coloured to the same style as Assassin's Creed. In other words, he's dressed in red and white. Ubisoft have declined to offer comment on this matter at this time. So it is all massive speculation. Gotta say, guys, can't remember a leak regarding Assassin's Creed of this kind that surfaced in the past that didn't turn out to be true. It's the no comment on the matter that usually turns out to be 100% true. Because you only don't comment on the matter when you don't want to say anything (laughs) about it being true. Pretty much, yeah. Dear Ubisoft, please stop using the Assassin's Creed title and just making random games. Until you fix the co- an incoherent story that you've got. Yes, sort it out. Yes, that sticks. <laughs> Throw enough oh, shit and it'll stick. Really annoys me. And it has for a while now. Yeah. I have to start noting these swear word times, otherwise I'm going to be here <laughs> all night. You are not doing me any favours, my friend. Right, so <laughs> we don't have really much more on this, I'm afraid. I <laughs> That is that is all I can garner, and I think that's pretty much all Kotaku can garner. I think you're right, though, Dave, when you say that no news is probably good news in this case. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was worth mentioning. I mean, I get I get the gist from what you guys were just saying, but I'm assuming you're really not that big on the direction Assassin's Creed is now taking, because it, let's face it, it's drastically differed from where it used to be. Yeah, they're not Assassin's Creed titles anymore. No. It's just an excuse to go back in time and play as a historical figure. Yeah, when they when they killed Desmond or started ignoring Desmond's whole history, then it just became uh, a fighting game. Yeah, I agree. Or an open world game of some sorts, as we see now. Uh, an open world RPG. That's the evolution, isn't it? And it's been a sly evolution on their part, but I do wish they'd have stuck to the original plan, because that's what was so intriguing, at least for me. Now there is no plan. How does up until Assassin's Creed 3, I think it was, when they killed Desmond, was it? Yeah. yeah, that was the third game, the one that's just been remastered. I was like, why? What? The thing is, because they won't talk about the direction they're going in in any great detail, I don't know whether they're ever going to go back to that path now, or whether it, 
don't get me wrong, I'd love it if they surprise me next year with a game that actually suddenly just picks up on Desmond's story. But I don't think that's going to happen. Then that would make all of the other games irrelevant. That's true. Mm, yeah, that's actually a good point. At the same time, it's like, but why, why not at least acknowledge that they're not doing anything with it? Why just kind of keep us in the dark? You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes no sense to me. Ubisoft, for God's sake, do me a favour. Just talk to me. Tell me why. Why? On Ubisoft and game rumours, uh, Watch Dogs 3, the London rumours have begun. Yes, I've heard this. I read about it in the week from, I don't know, it was some weird source on the internet. And yeah, Watch Dogs 3 set in London, which would be cool. I think it makes sense. I'd love to play a game of that type around London City. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be very cool. Interesting leak. Have you got the link that would have led you to that information, Chris? I'll try and find it for the, yeah, I'll try and find it for you to put in the show notes. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Well, that's all I have to say on the matter. As soon as we get some more information, probably officially from Ubisoft eventually, unless stuff starts to leak out left, right, and center, uh, either those two situations occur, we'll make sure we cover it. Got some thoughts on Assassin's Creed and the Vikings, the whole thing that we just mentioned, get in touch. We'd love to know your thoughts on that specifically because it's a, a topic that we keep coming back to on this show. Okay, <laughs> you've just plugged that, Chris, but you're going to take the next one as well, so go for it, mate. I am. Here we go. Uh, all your big all your big three console guys are currently under investigation in the UK, which is very strange. It's for, the, for the, their subscription service renewal methods. Right, and this is what I was referring to earlier when we were talking about Sony's refund thing. Go on, give us what you know on this. Uh, investigation is being handled by the Competitive Markets Authority. The three companies have been asked for contract copies that users are expected to agree to. They've also asked for direct input from consumers. Okay, so, so it sounds like it's quite a serious matter then, at least initially. It's a, it, it's a very strange thing for, for, all, for all three companies and their subscriptions ever to come under such scrutiny now. I don't know what's kicking off. And it is just UK as well, so this isn't being led elsewhere. It's solely within the UK. It's a bit like saying... The, F- the FTC, the stuff in the, in America regarding net neutrality and stuff, that doesn't really affect us. It's a similar thing here. It doesn't really affect anyone outside the UK. I don't quite get it. I don't understand why. Why all of a sudden the UK, with all that's going on, would have a problem with this kind of thing? Well, it must be down to at least something. Either somebody's just trying to kick up a fuss over nothing or they've had complaints that may have led them to research this area a little bit deeper. Brexit's fault because of Brexit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like everything else, we'll just say it's for Brexit. Let's just just tag that in there. Yeah, no, it's true, Dave. <laughs> yeah, we can't blame the students for this one. Like you see, it's a strange one, isn't it? Why now, after all this time? I mean, this isn't your end user agreement anyway when you apply any new membership and you have to scroll all the way to the bottom and press accept and yes, 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 yes. And everybody reads that, of course. Word for word. Of course they don't. I know, off by heart. Yeah. Don't ask me to recite anything, please. They just bore everybody. Have they given any specifics regarding what they're looking into, other than subscriptions? I actually don't think they have. They haven't at all, no. No, there is no other info on this, other than that the, the renewal methods are being investigated. Well, I hope for their sake that it doesn't turn out to be something dodgy. To be fair, though, if three com- major companies have in somehow breached the law, that usually means that there's some kind of misunderstanding as opposed to some... Breach of the law. Yeah, as, as opposed to them doing something maliciously, basically. I don't know how this is going to turn out. Again, a newly developed story within the last kind of 24 hours. So we'll have to see exactly what comes of it. But I'd like to see exactly what kind of response the CMA get from like consumers and things like that. 
whether anybody from the public domain will actually complain or join in with this effort. Unless somebody's actually sat there and read through all these agreements and we're all actually agreeing to sell our firstborn. As we have just discussed, Chris. Yeah, nobody's never nobody's ever noticed before. Nobody's ever read them in their life. I don't I it is a, such a strange one. I don't know what to make of this because it is just a case of, well, yeah, we this is kind of serious, but nobody's officially been charged as of yet. So it's just an investigation that's been launched. But people should probably know that that's the thing that's going on right now. I think I think it'll die in its arse and we'll never hear anything again. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. I do. And honestly, I don't think we'll ever mention that again on this podcast. Not just out of spite, but just because I don't think it will really hit mainstream media outside of this again. This is its only mention ever. Watch it blow up and we'll have to cover it in great detail next week. You know, I doubt it very much. Nice. Well, we'll see how that one pans out as always. We'll keep you up to date if there's any further developments that may be of interest to gamers and ourselves. Dave, you love this topic. Tell us all about it. So we've recently had a bit of kickoff on Steam because um, Borderlands 3 is going to the Epix Game Store for an exclusive period of six months. So everybody has descended upon the Steam forums to review bomb the original Borderlands. Common practice nowadays. Yeah. So is it a good way to get your point across or is it just a bunch of crying little whining babies kicking off because they don't like it? Now, that's an interesting question. The answer I would give is that, like most things, I actually understand where people are coming from. As in, I I can see the root of the evil here that causes people to go in these directions. I don't agree with it, because at the same time I sit there and think, there's got to be a problem on such a large scale that people have got to start review bombing. There's obviously a communication problem there. People have to get to a certain point before they start review bombing Steam just to get their point across, right? Yeah, yeah. It's understandable, but at the end of the day, speak with your wallets and don't buy Borderlands 3 from the Epic Game Store. Wait six months and get it from Steam. That would make such a bigger noise than crying about a review for a seven-year-old game or whatever. No, it seems like it's, it's like desperate clutching at straws, if you will. Uh, I, I, I do understand it, but I, I certainly don't condone it. Let's put it that way. But I, I do believe Steam have implemented a system where reviews from a certain date that have been applied don't count towards the overall review of it. I did read that somewhere. I believe you're correct there. In some way, they've managed to negate this. Yeah, yeah. So at least they've kind of done the right thing to combat it. Yeah, for sure. And I do think it's a bit of a shame. I think the entire thing he's looking at, really, I'd like to know what leads people to go down this route in the first place. Like, is it because they don't feel like they have any other way of because i mean it's all don't get me wrong i agree right with the uh, the whole pay with your wallet thing but that's been a phrase for donkeys and it's never stuck ever nobody's ever stopped just paying for stuff people always continue to buy i must admit i'll wait quite a bit now for new games to come out and sometimes i'd even wait a few months and purchase them secondhand so they get nothing yeah sure which i believe is a sensible decision but i think most consumers i think i mean don't get me wrong I don't want to say this insultingly, but I don't think most, most consumers will f- think that much about it. Oh, this is true. I guess I'm trying to get an understanding. Listener, have you ever reviewed bombed anybody on the Steam store? Namely Borderlands, actually, in this case. If you have, I'd like to know why. Like, versus, say, offering feedback on Twitter or various other different methods that you could choose to use. Having, like, these en masse rallies where people just flood to Steam and review bomb en masse. I'm just trying to understand the logic behind it, I suppose. It's a, a psychological conundrum. It's petty and it's childish. 
Does this does this mark this week's PC section of the podcast? Yes. There you go. Got to keep the PC crowd happy. We're in the world. Yeah, who'd have thought that? PC world. My apology last week and this this week. We're trying our hardest now to ensure that PC gamers feel included, just because they should be, but just no more than anybody else. It's an equal playing field, guys. Come on. Yes. Apparently the Epic Store is a bit of a ball like compared to the Steam Store, from what I was reading this week. There's a lot of things that you can do on the Steam Store that you cannot do yet on the Epic Store. So, Yeah, like, would you like me to list one of them for you? You'll laugh at this. Go on. Here's something, here's something that the Steam Store has that the Epic Store does not. A shopping cart. <laughs> okay, interesting. You're only allowed to buy one thing at a time. Yep, you can't add multiple items to a basket and then check out in one go. So it, it definitely is lacking. But the thing is, and the thing that I'm hearing most discussion about, maybe interested to get your takes on it, actually, is the idea that this is seemingly unfair practice on Epic's part. Because what they seem to be doing is actually buying up, if you will, exclusivity rights by virtue of their platform model. Now, sure, there's an argument to be made that, well, it's just more enticing. Therefore, it's working. Players or game developers want to now host their games on your store because you offer better rates based on return of downloads, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I keep seeing this idea that Epic are somehow being underhanded in their practice just because they're doing this through money. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And that's all it's down to, isn't it? Money. At the end of the day, Epic offered Gearbox a lot of money for this and there's no way around it. Do you think it's fair from a consumer standpoint and even from a maybe a publisher standpoint? Is it that hard to download the Epic store and then buy buy a game? It's not. Perhaps if you want to buy two games, though, you've got to go and buy them separately because you haven't got a shopping cart. Oh, God, yeah, that would be annoying. Do you not understand the gravity of this? Come on. <laughs> no, sorry. Cle- clearly, I don't. <laughs> I have no idea where this has come from. I suppose it's no different to having an exclusive for, like, a console. Like Tomb Raider. Uh, to a degree. Yeah, that was exclusive for a while. Us PS4, yeah, us PS4 owners had to wait 12 months for the last Tomb Raider game. It's a good point, guys. Why is nobody else making this comparison, actually? Why is nobody else going, well, this has happened on console for years? What's the big deal? Yeah, it's because people... Oh, hang on. I nearly went off on a PC rant. I'm not going to. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Do you want me to go off on one instead? Neither of you. Keep your heads. I am doing. You are level-headed, reasonable gentlemen. I don't think it's something that the PC crowd have been exposed to, so to speak. There you go. Very well put, Dave. I don't think it's been such, I don't think it's been such a big thing for the PC crowd having an exclusive cap on a game. Obviously, it's becoming more of a thing, and they're not used to it, so I suppose the learning curve and the adjustment period is a lot diff- more difficult for them. And they've got a keyboard to type out lengthy messages. I have nothing to add. Yes, we've well, got to use a pad. Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You really just put that issue to rest for me, because it's like, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. PCs haven't really had this exclusivity problem until now. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of been an open platform, isn't it? And there's more competition in the PC area now, so to speak. I think it's a very good point, Dave, and one that I'm willing to rest on there, really. Anybody else has a different opinion or maybe even agrees, let us know, as always. don't think we have anything more to say on that other than the fact that review bombing is still a thing and Borderlands seems to be suffering for it at the moment. I don't think it will really impact the, the sales of that game. Come on. Really? <laughs> no. It'll sell millions. Of course it will. Yeah, man. Let's move on to the last point that we've got here. I'll take this one myself. So, big story this week, but arguably the biggest one that's been making the waves across the media. Bioware has conceded some internal problems are true. Now, if you, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, as we often say, 
Big story this week, Kotaku originally reported a ton of things regarding Anthem's overall development. I say a ton of things, I'm not going to try and nitpick at what those things were, but it was to do with the culture at Bioware and the way that they effectively treated staff members, which has a really negative connotation, but if you read the article, you will understand why. It effectively outlines a long and troubled development that is a far cry from the story that Bioware have given regarding the game's historical development. Initially, the publisher dismissed claims in an open response letter following this slating article earlier in the week that basically said, uh, we don't think this is a healthy way to take things forward. By publishing things like this, we don't think this is healthy, which received a lot of backlash from the media and from the player base alike, namely because the issues that were being raised by Kotaku were incredibly prominent in terms of the way that you treat people and staff that work for your company. Uh, I will include a full uh, link to the statement in the show notes, because Bioware have now come out and conceded Casey Hudson specifically as the general manager for the studio has written a lengthy little post that basically concedes that a lot of these problems are true, that nobody's perfect and they need to start looking at these more seriously. So I thought I'd try and get your thoughts on this. Namely, how far should the media have to dig to oust this kind of a practice? And what really is the course correction that Bioware need to make? I mean, do they need to fix things or potentially... Does this suggest that they may be under more stress than they can cope with? What do you guys think to this entire thing? You must have heard about it, surely. Go on, Dave. You first. Yeah, I've heard about it. Um, I mean, if you read the article, which, like you say, is quite lengthy. And damning. And damning. I think, from what I read through, there's about 16 to 19 different people that were involved with Bioware at some point during the development of this game, and not one of them's got a very nice thing to say about anything. Yeah, I think your number's right there. But I think it was 19 for the original article, but Jason Schreier, who wrote the piece, has spoken to more since then, I believe. More since then, yeah. I mean, going to the game wasn't even called Anthem up until that E3 demo. It was called Beyond. I believe it was a week before as well, from what I'm reading. A week before they changed the name. I mean, yes, Anthem's broken. Yes, it has issues. And I think what Bioware need to take from this is where they've gone wrong and what they're going to do to fix it. Because if they don't fix this, then I don't see where they can go from here. Because it's a AAA title, and it's supposed to be the start of a new IP. And this is this is pretty dumb. It's even worse than Destiny. I know, and that says something, really. Mm-hmm. When you look at the flack that, that Bungie got for the launch date of that game. But these things, aren't, these things aren't fixable because Destiny has been fixed, and Destiny 2 was fixed. And, you know, they need to listen, they need to, listen to like the players. They do. By the way, I just need to really pull their finger out and start addressing some of these incredibly serious issues. Chris, what's your take on this? Bioware put this game together in 18 months. Imagine if they had the full development time of six years that they quoted initially. Yeah. It's worth noting that the six years that they quote, I think when you say 18 months, four and a half years were pre-production. So getting everything together before development starts. And you're right, 18 months of development kind of really shows now that you look at it in that way. although. There's part of me that sits there and thinks I still enjoyed Anthem. Yeah, it's still it's still a it's still a solid game at its core. The story is the a little bit lacking, and fine. the content and game is a little bit lacking as well. But it's still fun to play. I mean, this article even goes into points that they take the flying out, and then they were carried on making the game, and then they were taught the flying's back in, and this and that, and it was about four or five iterations of flying being in and out of the game before they actually decided on it. 
And I believe the crux on whether or not flying made it into the game actually led on the shoulders of XEA executive Patrick Soderlund. That's right, yeah. He's taken to E3 stage many times in the past, to, namely to introduce things like the Battlefield games that are added to the franchise. But basically, I believe he went in, saw a demo without the flying and was really displeased. And then a week later, they showed him another with it in, and he said, yep, do that. And that's what they did. Oh, well. So Anthem's not dead, but Bioware clearly have some internal problems to address. Because without addressing those, I don't think Anthem can really make it. Without the staff and the people, without looking after them and making sure that things are handled fairly with minimal crunch. And I understand there's a lot to this. I'm only speaking from a very minimal knowledge perspective. But I, I don't think that kind of thing should stand. And I think this is why this is such a serious matter and why the media is giving this so much coverage. So there you go. Anything else that you want to say about this, guys? Because it really is. It's, it's been all over the shop this week. So I, I figured it'd be worth mentioning. But if you haven't already seen this, God, you really have been living under a rock, quite frankly. I think it's safe to say Bioware have lost that magic. Like, this is all true. Which is a shame because in the article, it actually references something called internally Bioware magic, which is the idea that a game will just come together. So it's the, the fact that you've just made that statement, Dave, is a little bit ironic, but also could be very true indeed. We shall see if they can fix it or they do anything with it. From us to Bioware, I don't know if I can speak on behalf of you two guys, but certainly for myself, I love you guys. Yeah, man. I know that Dave, and I was going to say, I know that Dave and Chris probably agree with me here. We don't want to see this kind of thing in the gaming industry. I like them a bit. You like them a little bit. Has this, has this tarnished your estimation of them? No, not at all. I mean, I don't have any great love for any games company, if I'm honest. This day and age, you can't. Because everybody's just after the money and any way they can get it. You have the sensible way of looking at things. Unfortunately, nostalgia plays into a lot of the emotion that people feel with this kind of thing, especially with companies like Bioware. Because what are they, you know, the things they've done in the past, the Mass Effect series, <laughs> just makes me so sad. See, there you go. Don't go there. Okay, nothing else to say on that. Again, we'll put the Kotaku link in the show notes if you want to go and check that out. And it's entirety otherwise just gone youtube man there is loads of stuff loads of stuff covering this and many many videos covering the follow-up as well but that's where things are as of now that's about your lot i don't think we've got anything else anything you want to add to the news and discussion section here chap no i need to pad my bit oh it's all good yes you do okay well i don't I don't think we actually have any feedback for this week which is good that is yeah yeah i didn't get anything this week i don't think we did everything perfectly. And the viewing numbers, I say the viewing numbers, it's not a video, it's a listening thing. Our listening numbers went up. So I'm guessing that means we didn't done give quite as hard as we normally do. It's good to know. In which case, shall we move on to that special little corner from that special little man? Let's do it. It's time for Chris's Corner. Special little man. <laughs> Never before I've ever felt so patronised. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. it's fine. I'll move on. It's fine. Just pretend I didn't say it. <laughs> okay, I, I can do that. I've forgotten about it already. Me too. Right, so, go, so going back to our earlier point about Microsoft combining their services, it would be, oh well, according to rumours this week, it would be called the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate Subscription. Really? Is that people have actually put a name on it? Yes, people have put a name on it. So Game Pass, uh, so yeah, Game Pass plus Xbox Live Gold equals Game Pass Ultimate, which is what's been doing the rounds this week. Uh, there's been a couple of prices quoted, uh, but yeah, nothing confirmed as of yet, officially from Microsoft anyway. 
So what do they reckon the prices are going to be? Uh, 15 quid a month. Well, sorry, $15 a month, which would be about £12. Okay, isn't that pretty reasonable? What about, the, is it just the monthly guesstimate that you've got? Yeah, it's just the monthly figures that I've got that, that seem to be, seem, people seem to be quoting right now, which isn't bad. No, it's not. Considering you're getting two pretty decent services in one there. Yeah. Yeah, if they, if they can get the price point right for sort of six-month subscriptions and yearly subscriptions, then that could be the way that people are going. And actually, when you take into account that the prices individually for these subscriptions have just gone up, £12 doesn't seem that much of a stretch. No, not really. It's quite a bargain, really, in fact. No, yeah, yeah, it's pretty decent. Nice. So I take it we don't have anything else. We don't know when this may or may not be coming. We're just awaiting something from Microsoft. Yes, no official word. I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll throw it out at E3. I was just going to say, wouldn't surprise me if this gets announced at E3, just because it's the right place to announce stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's where all the big all the big announcements from Microsoft seem to happen there year on year, so why not this time? I think I will get that. If it, if it ends up being a thing, I think I will probably do it. Just because why not get a cheaper price for two services that I already pay individually for? Yeah, yeah, you might as well throw them both together. Nice. So we'll wait to see whether anything else drops about that. Nice one. That's awesome. Yes. Remember, you heard it here first. I did. Yes, you did. All right, moving on. Point two this week. Battlefield 5. It's paid currency hit this week. Um, no. Yes. Uh, the community seem to be calling it boins. Yay. Which is a horrible term. Boids? Yes, as in Battlefield coins. So, boins. Oh, no, it doesn't... No, that doesn't work. Stop it. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of this movement at all, but I am just here to impart the information. If you are calling it boins, you deserve to do badly at Battle Royale. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't offer you, buying these things doesn't offer you an in-game advantage, so they're saying it just gives you weapon skins and character outfits. Yay! Yeah, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Then go. Then they speak to Bethesda and see what they're doing at the moment with their uh, non-monetization of anything that isn't cosmetic stuff in Fallout 76. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. So yeah, the boins are out there, and you can now buy them with coins. Boins for, for coins. coins. You know that's the episode for this week's title, the, the title for this week's title. <laughs> Boys for coins. Oh, no. Unless you come up with something better, Chris, that's the one I'm going to note. You know you know what? I think I might have something better by the end of the show. Okay. Well, let's... Ooh, mysterious. Let's see what that means, shall we? Let's, let's. So, moving on to, to my next point this week. Uh, Prince Harry has had, a bit of a, has had a bit of a rant about Fortnite, claiming it shouldn't be allowed. Yep, totally agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just Fortnite he was having to go. He's having to go at gaming in general, saying it, it's an addiction and it stops people getting out and doing fun things. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. What about if you got a Switch? It just stops lazy people getting out even more than they already don't. Yes, it does. So, yeah, clearly the, the internet wasn't very happy with Prince Harry's uh, statement there, and many people took to Twitter to... to I, I, I can't read some of them, but... Uh, listen, if you, if you have some there, it doesn't matter how sweary they are. I'll try and work through it. But try, try and keep it as clean as you can for my benefit. Okay. Uh, okay, that means it's basically not clean at all. I've got, I've got one I can read out because all the others are a bit wordy. Prince Harry is ginger, so his opinion doesn't count. Ooh. Harsh words and nothing against gingers on our part. 
I've got two. I've got a brother that's ginger and a a, a god a daughter that's ginger. So I'm just saying, we mean no ill towards ginger people here. It's just a quote. None at all. Absolutely none at all. As Chris is actually ginger. He just doesn't have hair. <laughs> that's very true. So yeah, Prince Harry wants to ban all games and stop people having fun. That's not going to happen. It's not at all. Okay. Good luck with that. I, I agree on his Fortnite stance for reasons that should be immediately clear to you. Because <laughs> you hate Fortnite. You don't think anybody <laughs> should be playing that game. It needs to find a ravine and kill itself in there, as far as I'm concerned. It's never going to happen. It started Battle Royal and it will end it too. That's true. Well, hopefully sooner rather than later, boys. Yay! Right. Moving on. Sorry. No offence, Fortnite people. Uh, pre-owned game sales are in free fall in the UK. Oh, you mean the whole GameStop situation in the US is now becoming a problem all over the world? Yes, it is. It's moved, it's moved over here. So I've got some figures here because I know we all love a few figures. So, yes, Yuki, the trade body for the UK games and interactive entertainment industry, released new data today revealing pre-owned software sales were down 30.8% year on year from the UK from a value of 98.2 million in 2017 to 67.9 million in 2018. That is one hell of a drop. Wow, that's a massive drop, really. Are, are Yuki located in Nuki? <laughs> You'd hope so. If they, if they weren't, they need to move the head office. They absolutely do for rhyming purposes. Yes. Yeah, it'll probably be cheaper to, to work out in Yuki as well. That's very true. Well, it's not looking good for the physical copy or pre-owned scene, is it, should I say? There? The thing is, though, surely eBay's got a lot to do with these figures because I know you can get the same game that you can get from CEX secondhand for £45 on eBay, at least £10, £15 cheaper. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. I don't really shop on eBay all that much. Because, I mean, I, I, I've gone into CEX a few times. I mean, what was it? I've seen Spider-Man. They want £40 for it still. And get it on eBay for 23 quid. The newest one? Yeah. yeah. 40 That's basically the price of a new game. Yeah, CEX are weird for that. They're not. They're not quite as bad as game. Well, they are. The price. The price of the second-hand games is a disgrace. I mean, the Switch games. When I went to buy Zelda, they wanted fifty-five pounds for Zelda, and I can go and game and get it for forty-eight. Brand new. Kind of ironically, though, the reason that they're they're able to ca- carry on charging those prices, the reason people carry on paying, is because the convenience factor. Like, yeah, if you can walk that's... into a store and just pick up and walk out with something instead of waiting three days. Let's, conven- let's conveniently pay more money for something I can get cheaper. That's a great idea, that. No, absolutely. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's like some people are just impatient. They don't want to wait a weekend, three days, four days for delivery of something. Eh. And I think that's usually where the, the factor comes in of, oh, I could get this now, but I pay more for it. And that's the trade-off. You pay more. I'm not saying it's right. I agree. Like, I would rather buy all my games digitally just because I think that the prices in second-hand shops is ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. That's got a that's that's a lot to do with why uh, Granger Games went down the toilet. And uh, and if you remember Electronics Boutique, mm-hmm. like I'm pretty sure Game either merged or Game bought yeah Game bought EB. Yes. Wow. See, times have been changing for a long time, guys, and I don't think it's going to stop. I think eventually we will see the death of these physical stores. I mean, there was one instance of f- when Forza Seven came out. I played it for a few weeks. I took it to Game Station, uh, yeah, Game Station, uh, Granger Games to sell. And he offered us seven pounds for it. It was about a fortnight old if that. And they had it on the shelf for second hand for thirty-four ninety-nine. And I turned around and looked and it was like, gives me a game back. He went, No, he went, No, it's behind the counter now and give us me game back. <laughs> you Robin. Beep. 
That's five times as much yeah. that he's sold it for, mm-hmm. basically. Which is just it's robbery. It's daylight robbery, isn't it? It is, yeah. Really, really is. Anyway, we'll have to see pretty much with everything <laughs> where this goes. I, I firmly predict the death of the death of physical retailers here and now. Don't know how long it'll be, how quickly that will come to fruition, but I think eventually, next next few years, we're going to start seeing this all come to a head. I think the funky game I use game store coming soon. Absolutely, it's a niche in the market, son. True. Outprice them. <laughs> get it. Get it done. I'll just I'll just make a loss on everything. That's a terrible business plan. That's the way forward, isn't it? You can still chop a tenner off the price of their games and make fifty quid by the look of it. That's why I'm not in business, guys. That's why I do podcasts instead. Because yeah. <laughs> can't can't add money up very well. Not very well. Awesome. There you go. Anything else, Chris? Um. Yes. You don't. I don't like it when you make noises like that. <laughs> well, see, I've got. I, I, Okay, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 Blackout mode is currently free to play on PS4 and possibly Xbox. I've not checked. There you go. It is on Xbox as well, yeah. It's free for this month. Is it time-gated at all? The entire month of April you can play Blackout. Oh, a whole month? Yeah. I don't believe Xbox owners get the new Blackout variant, though. The new Alcatraz map. It's awesome. Have you played it? No, I haven't. I can only imagine it's insane. (laughs) It's really good, man. Squads of four, respawn and enabled, till the circle gets to a certain size. It's just absolute chaos. Uh, not for me, guys. Sorry. <laughs> it's good fun, man. You two fill your boots. In fact, I'm happy for you to do that and sit here and talk about it for half an hour. Just don't expect me to join in. I'm just saying. <laughs> that, might, that might not happen. <laughs> I, I cannot do it. It just changes it up a little bit, I suppose, the fact that it enables respawns. Because obviously you've spawned back in, you've got a hand cannon, you've got no armor or anything like that. A uh, very weird take. <laughs> That's all right, man. Fantastic. Well, there you go. If you want, if you want to play Call of Duty, Call of Duty specific Battle Royale mode, it is indeed free the entire month on Xbox and PlayStation. Brucey bonus, ladies and gents. Yes, if you're not bored of Battle Royale by now, you will be by the end of the month. Certainly will. And if that bugs you, please do get in touch with Chris and let him know. Yes, if you're bored of Battle Royales, please let me know because I am. And it's his fault. It's my fault that every every yeah, that every game now comes shipped with battle royale because it's what I was what I was wanting. It really was. Well, every game started to come shipped with multiplayer at one point. This is just the next evolution, quite clearly. Here endeth my corner. The corner hath ended, our man. Thank you very much, Chris. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Right, in which case, let's move on to the final little bit of the show and plugs the little bits, and you know, Chris can tell us whatever else he's got. How dare you presume? I tell you what, let us let me retract my presumption and give me about two minutes and we'll see whether that turns out to just be correct anyway. Yes, we will. Plug Life. So, you're listening to us across iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud or YouTube, many platforms. We love you for it as well. If you tune in regularly or if this is your first show, be sure to drop us a like or a heart and a comment or a review to show your support. Then go and listen to all the other episodes, of course. Warning, pre-episode 10-ish is a little hairy on the audio quality. Blame Chris. No, it's not. It sounds amazing. If you live in a biscuit tin. Quite right. Chris has only recently come to appreciate what a decent mic can really do for him and his lifestyles. I sound amazing now. I would encourage you stay post-episode 10, but of course I'm not going to encourage people to not go and listen to the earlier episodes because they are still part of our heritage and you can see how Chris sounds when he's talking through a tin can. Yay. So, of course, 
outside, outside of leaving us ratings and reviews, that kind of thing, which of course we massively appreciate you for. We'd also appreciate it if you could tell your friends, share our little discussion where possible because it really helps. And none of these things cost you a blooming dime. It's all free for you, ladies and gents. So do us a favor and show your support. In the podcast description, we've listed our Xbox and PSN tags should you wish to add us on those services, as well as links to the Reddit and the Discord, which I'm just going to start plugging more on social media as opposed to at the end of this. If you want to reference it, it's in the podcast show notes along with the stream links if you want to check that out. If you'd like to join in on all the other funky game of fun outside of listening to our show, be sure to check either Reddit or Discord out and say hello. If you like, we are actually really friendly. Mostly, yeah. Aren't we, boys? Really friendly. Yeah, mostly. No aggressiveness ever or knives. Absolutely not. Chris. Hi. Um, so... Do, um, I take it you don't have anything more to, to, to discuss about things? No. <laughs> no, I do, really. <laughs> Why would you even do that? I've got one more thing. All right, then. This better be amazing now. <laughs> it, oh, well, it's humorous more than amazing. So, obviously, last Monday was April Fool's Day. And for April Fool's Day, Ubisoft changed up for honor by adding their rabbits. Oh, there's in the franchise rabbits. Yes. They added they added rabbits to For Honor for you to murder brutally. Well played, Ubisoft. Well played. Was this literally just for the day? For one day only. That was it. Yeah. Wow. Did either of you two play it? <laughs> I did not. No, I didn't know. But that's awesome. <laughs> Dave, do you wish you'd played it? Yes, just a brutal, brutally murder rabbits because <laughs> they're annoying as hell. I can't imagine what that looked like. The death animations and everything. They must have had to put real work into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was a fully-fledged uh, fully 24-hour event. Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely incredible. And a lot of work to pay off of what is a very limited time event yes. as well. If, if only they'd put as much effort into the Assassin's Creed story, yeah? <laughs> yeah, if only. Well, you never know. That game is only just, well, I say it's only just started development. It's got another year in the cooker before we'll ever see anything regarding that. So you never know. People from that team might just make a shift. Although it's really very unlikely, I feel. Yeah, there we go. That's it. That is now definitely a lot. Well, I didn't play for honor. And even if you do, you've missed the event. So <laughs> tough. You're going to have to cry about it, aren't you? Whatever. Okay, chaps. In which case, unless there's anything else from either of you to add, Dave, you got anything you want to tack on to the end here? Yes, I have. Ooh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. You're both surprising the heck out of me this week. So I don't know if you were aware of this, but Nintendo announced that there would be a VR version of Labo coming for the Switch. The, the Switch is getting VR. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a Labo where you implement the Switch inside of it and fold all sorts of cool cardboard things and stuff like that. But as of April the 25th, Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild are getting a VR update. Oh, okay. That makes things a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it could be quite interesting. Are you going to get one of these Labo kits? Probably. <laughs> Just to check it out. If you do, make sure either try and video the, the process of you putting it together. That would be awesome. Or take me some pictures and I'll whack them on the social medias for everyone to check out because I think that's a really cool thing to look at. Yeah, yeah, I'll keep an eye on this one, definitely. That would be brilliant. I'd like to see how well it works as well because for all in all, I know it's only cardboard based, but the Labo stuff's been fairly well received even if it's not massively popular. It's very clever, actually, how they've done it and, you know. Well, I'd like to see how a flimsy cardboard frame holds the heaviness that is your Switch to your face. It's actually not that flimsy, dude. It's quite, quite well-built things. It's tough, to be fair. Like, 
Sorry, I don't mean it in the the sense of the heart. I mean, put it this way: it's a bit like it's a bit like putting a. I don't know. I can't think of a good analogy. That's unlike you. Yeah, no, it's it's a bit like putting something really heavy into something that's not designed to hold something really heavy. Is my point? Yeah, I get, I get you. It depends how it's designed, isn't it? With cardboard. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, that's why I think it'd be awesome if we could see what that process is like. So if you ever get one, be sure be sure to document the process in some way, and I'll we'll make something of it—a little special thing. I also read that Nintendo was selling a cardboard box for you to put your cardboard accessories in. Probably is that? Have you made? You're making that up. No, that's an actual thing. Go away, go away, Google it now. It is probably no. Um, okay, or Chris could just try and find something and send it to me, and I'll put it in the show notes. If that happens, it'll be there. If it doesn't, then well, you know what to do. Get on Twitter. Actually, speaking of which, we didn't plug the Twitters. Should we just do it very quickly? Yeah, why not? Yeah, man. All right. Okay, so Twitter, best way to get in touch with us. Can't believe I just missed this off entirely. You can get in touch with the main Funky Gamer blog account, which is at Funky Gamer blog. Don't ask me why it's called that, because we don't really have a blog, but nonetheless. Or you can go to funkygamer.co.uk, check out the contact form, and then get in touch uh, if you want to do so. But otherwise, you can get in touch with us via myself directly. I'm at Ricky James. Chris is... At X underscore CW. And Davis At E46, Dave. And I think, Japs, we'll sign off there. Unless, of course, for the final time, have either of you got anything to add? I've got one more. No, yeah. No. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Oof. Nearly got a semi then. Anyway, chaps, thank you so much for joining us this week. To both of you, Dave, Chris. Cheers. Awesome, guys. I'll see you next week, hopefully. Cheers, man. Will do. Wonderful stuff. And as always, thank you to you, the amazing listener. We appreciate you very much. You're listening to the Funky Gamer Podcast. This is episode 21. My name's Ricky James. And as always, we'll speak to you next week. Next week.